Hello everyone and welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast and to a very special episode. Um, it's something that we did a little while back in November, uh, end of 2022, which is a motor show walk around. So we are out, we are let loose. We've literally got two microphones, but this time we're somewhere different. Where are we, Ro? We're on the other side of the world. We are, well, we're not the other side of the world. No, we're on the other side of America. Well, from last time, yes, yeah. but we're far from home again. We're in the Big Apple. We're in New York, New York. That's right. It's the New York Motor Show or the New York Auto Show. Should I say that? International Auto Show that only just takes place here. But yes, uh, we are in the Big Apple to yeah. see what cars are around for the next year in American motoring. First impressions? Because the, the, the LA Motor Show is really interesting. Um, it felt a little bit abandoned. There wasn't that many manufacturers there. They had to bring all the off-road um, uh, gubbins and equipment they had inside the halls to try and fill them up. This feels a bit more filled out feels like they've got the support from manufacturers. There's quite a lot to see. It is a lot busy, but also I'm, I'm supremely distracted because there's a Labrador next to us, which is some kind of companion dog of sorts, which we don't get in LA at that motor show. So this one's better already. It might be a therapy dog. Oh. If this goes badly, should we just go and give it a nice stroke and, and feel warm and fuzzy inside? Yeah. You do need a bit of therapy. I but do. no, it is busier here. It, um, it's still not like the old days of motor shows, no. but uh, there's plenty to go around and see. So we should go for a whistle stop tour around the hall which has very thick carpets very hot air yeah um but and fortunately just a bit like the geneva motor show just one massive hall kind of split into two sections so it's easy to navigate we're not going to get lost which is which is a good thing now there's not a massive number of world um debuts you know big surprises and reveals you don't really get those on motor shows anymore but what there are is quite a few cars that we haven't personally seen before so we'll We'll be offering our opinion on a few of those. And the first one is this, the Corvette E-Ray. Now, you may have seen this. It's an electrified Corvette, not a pure electric one, but a hybrid Corvette. And um, there's some quite exciting headlines around this, isn't there? Well, shock and awe for a lot of American motorists because, Jack, the engine's in the middle still. It was for the oh, CA yeah. Corvette. Oh, we've we got had, over that. We had we? that news. But this one's got four-wheel drive too. Does oh. that shock you? Well, there's, there, there isn't Americans just fainted on the floor around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there goes another one. He had a heavy breakfast. No, no, no. But um, yeah, it's an, it's an electric, um, uh, electrified front axle, and then you've got the V8 powering the rear axle, so four-wheel drive. And as a result, yes, it weighs more, but it's also the fastest Corvette off the line. And I know Americans love a bit of quarter-mile action. So 10.5 for the quarter-mile. That's, that's good numbers. That's good, good numbers. numbers. And 0 60 um, for you Brits, you can probably relate to that a bit more. In 2.5 seconds. I mean, it looks good. Uh, it, it's got the kind of creep away from home in silence mode. So you can, just for a few miles, just for a handful of miles, so you can not piss off your neighbours. I mean, is it progress? Well, let's just think about this from a European perspective as well. We've got very used to big brands like BMW M, Mercedes AMG having to go down the four-wheel drive route because it's all you listeners, you pesky listeners, demanding more and more performance all the time. And the only way that they can make those numbers happen is to drive it through all four wheels. And this is still 655 horsepower. That's a lot. It's, all numbers start with a six now, isn't it? Yeah, you've still got a naturally aspirated 6.2 litre V8 in the back. I mean, you're not missing out on all that noise and Americanness that you get from the V8. So I think it is quite a clever car. I think the biggest problem for the E-Ray is the fact that the Z06 or Z06 exists because Ollie Marriage drove that recently and it's 
absolutely superb. Yeah, apparently. but isn't it good you can pick your poison? If you want a bit of electrificedness in your life, you've got it. What's happened to you? Well, I don't want all, that. No, you've gone all eco. Yeah. You're supposed to be the non, the anti-electric person. Oh, what? Well, we I'm supposed to be the one it. embracing in the future. No, no, but uh, stay in your lane, Rowan. Don't worry, I'm going to stay in my lane, and I like this lane because I've just seen the new Ford Raptor R. Sorry, that very environmental car is it, Jack? I mm, think not. The Ford F150 Raptor R, um, which is flipping enormous and even bigger now because this is the special this is like the raptor f-150 raptor on steroids so it's now got a 5.2 liter supercharged v8 with 700 horsepower it's for everyone who said oh why did you put the ecoboost v6 in the raptor that doesn't work yeah well now you can have this too i do like this um, adoption from manufacturers where if you complain enough they'll probably do something to uh, give you yeah. another option let's put it on your plate and this is so for everyone it's america's best-selling pickup yeah. Jacked up, ready for the Baja with a big stinking V8 in it, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. 700 horsepower, Baja mode, go out to the desert and just smash it around and jobs are good in. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, it's, it sort of feels immature to like it, but it tickles every little bit of you, doesn't it? Big engine, it looks cool. Those, those off-road tires look very good indeed. And I, I, I don't want to, like... It, scale is an interesting thing nowadays because every car is getting bigger. I was driving that BMW i7 recently. It's huge. Remember when you go to America, American cars are massive. Yeah. That Raptor's as big as pickup trucks get. It doesn't actually look too big nowadays because we're used to, you know, SUVs and EVs all getting big. Well, we've been spending a lot of time in America, Ray. Yeah. So uh, your, your perspective's changed. Um, also on the Ford stand, you'll probably hear some tire squealing in the background. That's because they're doing more launches in the Mustang Mach-E. Literally like within the confines of their motor show stand, they are absolutely gunning a Mach-E down the back. I'm, I'm, I'd like to see the risk assessment on that one. I do find it fascinating in America. There's lots of paperwork you have to show public liability insurance just to have a drink, <laughs> but then of like $15 million. But as soon as that's kind of signed off, it appears you can do anything. So yeah, we're in the middle of the, was it the Jabatis Center, Jarvis Center? Jacob, Jacob Jarvis Center. Jacob Jarvis, he sounds <laughs> what like... What did you put in your Google Maps this morning? How'd I you get know, here? I don't know, yeah. I don't know. But he sounds like a country singer. Anyway, Jacob Jar <laughs> Jarvis's house, they've just got a drag strip through the middle of it, yeah. uh, which uh, Mackey's a tire spinning in front of, you know, literally a crowd of three, um, 10 foot away. So it, it's fantastic. It's anyway, time. Ford are also here celebrating their... Um, uh, the return to F1. Yeah, I was going to say the, f the the first fruits of the partnership between um, Ford and Red Bull, and this is the F1 technology sharing powertrain partnership, and it appears to be an F150 Lightning and a Mustang Mach-E wrapped in Ford and Red Bull livery. Yeah, because that's I all they got to show for themselves so far. And there's some pictures of Daniel Ricciardo around uh, because he's now the social media man for Red Bull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then he will be. Uh, yeah, he will be doing He's got a bit more bit. time in his hand, doesn't he, have to do all does. that pesky could, driving. Exactly. He could he, just focus on his Insta. He could drive a Mackie, Mackie around and do that. But yeah, I think they're the third most successful engine manufacturer in F1. So can they do something with Red Bull? Red Bull are on fire currently. Will they still be in 2026? We'll have to find out. We will. Uh, right, where should we go to? Oh my God, look at that. That's forbidden fruit oh, here. Hang Ladies on. and gentlemen. I think a, Rowan's having a bit of trouser trouble here. On a stacked ramp, um, <laughs> hidden out of everyone so no one can touch it is a uh, midnight purple, midnight purple R34 GTR Skyline. What are those worth these days, Ro? I think that's about 16 million pounds in the US <laughs> currently because- um, Are it, they just, it, are they going bonkers? Well, just if you're not aware, you know, they were never allowed to drive them. They were illegal here in the US. You have to wait 25 years before you can, um, you can have a go in one of those, which is coming up now. 
but also because the generation who loved Fast and Furious yeah. have now started making a bit of money in crypto or oil or whatever they're doing over here, they're all starting to buy them. And the, the ones coming from Japan are going absolutely nuts. And that's, that's a perfect example. So I'm sure that is worth um, probably the whole of the GDP of a small, small nation. I do love that they had a meeting saying, how can we keep this away? from the grubby mitts of journalists who'll be leaning on it and scratching it with their belt. So they put it up on a ramp on the Nissan stand. By the way, there is a GTR Nismo and a standard GTR here on the stand as well. I'm told it does have updates, but I've lost track of uh, it's been around for about 100 years, the uh, R35, I think, yeah, it? yeah. So it's the R35, and it could be its 35th anniversary now. I have no idea. They've softened off the bumpers. It's got some new gold... Um, well, actually, very nice uh, wheels on it too. But I, I've got to be honest. I don't know what's different. It's probably got three horsepower more, uh, but I, it's still Godzilla, and it's still the internet champion. I asked one of the PRs. I said, "What? Just um, just before we do the pod, what's new about the GTI?" He said, uh, "It's got some interesting new headlining." So there we go. Oh. Scoop. Oh, what's? It's snowing inside. <laughs> I know that there's a climate crisis, but <laughs> we have hit spring. It's snowing inside. Jarvis's center. Is it Jarvis? What's his name? Jacob ja Jarvis. Jarvis. Okay. See if you can get it. Um, so this is uh, Nissan's been getting very creative, haven't they? The the Aria, the Nissan Aria, is, is basically arrived in the U.S. So they've put it. This is the E4 E Force version, which is the four-wheel drive version. Um, so they've done some fake indoor snow, which basically looks like somebody's just shaked all their terrible dandruff all over a car. Yeah, it looks like some <laughs> psoriasis exhibition or something like that. Um, but no, it's an Aria covered in. <laughs> or or a, someone's had a very um, 1970s rock and roll night with a lot of white powder dusted <laughs> yeah. over the top of By it. By the way, well done, Nissan, for, for creating a bit of intrigue. Right, where should we go now? Should we go to, should we go to Exotics Alley? I'm not sure if it's called that, but yeah, Exotics. Well, it is now, Let's mate. Some we call it what we want. Do you think supercars are exotics? I'm into exotics. I like an exotic. So, so what have we got here? There um, is a... Bentley Bentayga, which I assume because it's in the exotics, is the W12, which we can no longer get <laughs> in Europe. It's got to be. The V8's not exotic enough. No. Uh, um, there's a Lotus Amira. Um, question, but we, we did say with this car, you know, it's basically a mini supercar, isn't it? It's uh, basically a mini supercar. And here it is sitting next to cars like the W12 Bentley and the Rimats Navari. See, I'm pronouncing Rimats correctly these days. I would like to hear an American say that and see what, see how they say Rimac, Rimats. Yeah. Rimac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take uh, your pick. We've got, um, we've got Koenigsegg here as well. Um, so what's that over there? That's a uh, Regera. Oh, that's the, ah, the Gamera. We haven't seen that for oh, a while. Oh, the Gamera. So the this... mega car for your family. Yeah, so um, this is this is actually the model. This is the model that we sat in at Goodwood and interviewed Christian von Koenigsegg. Do you remember it? That was it. Was basically a Swedish sauna. It was, it was very hot in there. And, in the and, summer's day. As the entire supercar run drove past the front of the car and just drowned us out completely. Go and listen to that part. Yeah, check it in the feed if you haven't heard that one yeah, already. Yeah. But Christian said some very interesting stuff, and I do believe that I asked him whether he's ever put his head in a, um, a wind tunnel to see. It's um, CD efficiency and how yeah. aerodynamic was. What did was. he say again? Uh, he looked at me quite angry after that. And um, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the interview was brought to an abrupt close. No, um, so this is the model that's been doing the rounds, but uh, there is going to be some news in the Gamera story. So this is the Koenigsegg four-seater um, 1,700 horsepower. Yeah, from a three-cylinder engine and many, many electric motors. You and, and your children can get from your front door to 60 miles an hour in 1.9 seconds. That's what I want. 
That's what I need. Get into nursery really quickly. Kids are annoying getting their coats and shoes on, aren't they? Yeah. That's what you need. You need a 1700 horsepower it, mega car. But it does look good. It's a big moment for the company, this, because they're building an entire factory just to build this car and subsequent models. I mean, they're not, they're not going to be building huge numbers of these, but for Koenigsegg, this is going to be a, a volume model. So the factory's opening quite soon, I believe, which means this will go into production quite soon. I think we got a chance of seeing the finished car or even driving one maybe by the end of the year, probably beginning of next year. It still looks fantastic. Massively long wheelbase, low slung, super aerodynamic. And then check out those exhausts popping out the uh, the rear, yeah, rear arches. It's That's good. Do you remember great. the name of the um, three-cylinder engine in that? So I think the three-cylinder engine that produces 600 horsepower on its own. Clive. No, it's the tiny friendly giant. Oh. TFG. Oh. You know that. Oh, I thought it was called Clive. No, right. the TFG. What have we got over here? This, I quite, this is the first time I've seen this in flesh. Have you seen this before? No, never seen it. So Tom Ford went out to Italy and shot a walk around. It's the Lamborghini Sterato, by the way. Yeah, you know, I, I, was leaving, I was teeing you up to oh, smash out of the park you, and you, you missed it completely. Whiffle ball. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, so Tom, Tom Ford went out to um, uh, Italy. We saw it in a studio. We did a walk around. We did a studio shoot with it. But this is the first time I've seen it with my own eyes. So it's um, a jacked up uh, Huracan with some plastic on it, from what I can see, it's, and it's, some knobbly tires, but I like it. I like it a lot. So it's the latest in this, this kind of rash of off-road supercars. So the 911 Dakar, a um, bit of an in-house feud there between Lamborghini and uh, Porsche within the VW group. Um, but this is the off-road Sterato. So it's still mid-engined V10 Huracan. It's just jacked up. It's got extra protection. It's got these proper riveted on wheel arch extensions and other underbody protection and a couple of spotlights LED stuck spotlights, on the front yeah, of and it. some roof rails too yeah um, off-road tires 600 um, horsepower rear wheel drive mm -hmm. the hurricane that you know the, the rear wheel drive hurricane was fun anyway put that on a loose surface i'm sure it's fun but will you this is 250 grand well it was the, this was the thing that that came up with the 911 dakar a lot of people going oh because because I was lucky enough to go and drive the, the 911 Dakar. They launched it in Morocco in the sand dunes. And then we took it up into the mountains in Germany to slide it about in the snow. And everyone was like, oh yeah, lovely, well done. But is anyone gonna do that with their 180 grand Porsche? Well, I think, I think they will because it's designed to do it. It doesn't feel like you're abusing a supercar. It feels like you're using it in the way it's supposed to be used. And I actually, looking at this one here, I would get in and I think, have less of a problem driving this one off-road than the Dakar. The Dakar, especially with that heritage, rally heritage, um, 18 grand, rough roads, definitely not Rothman's paint livery, um, all looks a bit smart and delicate. Whereas with the added plastic cladding on this, plus it looks a bit more jacked up and a bit more able, you could kind of just throw it around a dusty road and not worry too much. Yeah. And I think it'll look cooler, a bit beaten up. There's definitely more um, apocalypse vibes to this one than the 911 Dakar, which when we first saw, we were like, that's actually a bit bit gentle, because if you don't have the Dakar on the knobbly tires, it just looks a bit plain and a bit boring. Fantastic to drive, don't get me wrong. And um, uh, listeners, you may be able to hear, we have gone into the sounds of the jungle. Welcome Ooh. to Subaru Wilderness, um, where they have a load of uh, Subarus that are currently floating on water if you ever saw the um, uh, Miami GP where they had their marina, which was actually just some painted water on the floor, that's what a load of uh, yeah. 
Subarus we don't get in the UK, and I actually don't know what they are, no. but they sell very well here, are standing on. So if you've ever seen a Rainforest Cafe, that's what the Subaru stand looks like. It's absolutely enormous. They've clearly spent millions and millions of dollars on it. And this is all a bit bizarre for us because Subarus in the UK are just dwindling away to, to nothing. They're basically, I've totally lost track. They, they, they don't sell many at all, but in the US, they're enormous. Yeah. They're everywhere. God, Sasquatch has come out on a screen now as well. This is incredible where they're going. Um, yeah, it's just it's such an interesting um, division of the brand and how it's perceived. Yeah. Should Subaru be cool in the um, in the UK again? Well, I think they still they, they kind of have retained some cool, haven't they? Well, but definitely. Well, but it's all linked to Colin McRae and it's all Colin McRae. Blue, blue and gold rally cars, isn't it? Now, check this out. Welcome to America 101 with me. Right here we go. This is the podcast really begins now because this is the. Uh, Dodge Challenger SRT Demon, which, if you remember, is the drag-prepped version of the Dodge Challenger, but this is the Demon 170. So what does that mean? This means more speed and more, more. fast and more dragginess for everything. Yeah. Um, and I do love it in an era when we're being told we need to be more environmentally friendly and eco-minded, that Dodge go, yeah, all right, we'll get to that in a bit. There is that electric concept car for the uh, Challenger, isn't there? Um, so you can, drive, you can drive this on the road as well? You can drive this on the road and you can also go to a drag strip and it's got a thousand horsepower. Yeah. It has a roll cage in it, it has four harnesses and a parachute on the back. Oh. Which is utterly, Let's go and the, have a look at the parachute, but I've got to say this. It's and slick tyres and it's, I think it is the world's first production car that you can get with a parachute. And looking at it now, it's like something from a James Bond film because yeah. it, the, the rear number plate um, folds down yeah. to then give you a point to attach a parachute. Oh, that so you helps don't have you to drive down. around with your parachute day to day when you pop into the shops and you're the demon. I would, but it looks quite complex to pack. Um, yeah. So no, I think you can take it off day to day driving or put it on when you are then going. Uh, what does it do? Is it eight seconds down the track? We'll have to oh, let, 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 they've, they've handily got a little board for us here. So it will do. Um, here we go. Not to 60 in a production car record of 1.66 seconds in your face, Elon Musk. Yeah, but that's also got that, remember, American one-foot rollout. That oh, they yeah, they like, it, they like a rollout. Line loss. Um, and 8.91 seconds quarter mile at 151 miles an hour, which is just insane. In fact, that'll get you kicked off most drag strips, won't it? Yeah, but also better than that, Jack, it does a wheelie. It's a car that does a wheelie. Yeah, that's it. You have me at wheelie. Um, but, uh, but, but, here's some consumer advice. You have to run it on this special super high octane ethanol to get all the performance out of it. So but, don't don't go putting your, you know, local petrol station sludge in it and expecting, you know, sub nine second quarters. So this um, uh, beautiful motor car starts at $96,666. What's that in pounds? Uh, I'm not sure. With the well, I think it's 0.8, so that's 80 grand. Yeah, but with the 666 back to the the devil and the oh, demon. Oh, I see but what they're doing. But better than that, if you wanted to put a sunroof in this car, yeah. do you know how much they would charge you for that? Uh, sunroof, uh, $1,500. $10,000. What? Eight, What's it made out of? Eight times what it would cost you on a Hellcat. Do you know why? Why? Because it goes against the ethos and belief of this car, that you shouldn't put a sunroof in a drag car, so we're going to charge you a lot more if you want one. Slam, dunk, dodge, we love you. That's what it should, yeah, that's what you should do. Put people <laughs> off from doing silly spec options. However, the way that the world works, people end up specking them going, oh, this is a really rare one, so it'll be worth 
a yeah, lot more oh, in the future. it's the rare sunroof version. Oh, I don't want it. No, but you don't want your sunroof shattering when you're doing a wheelie <laughs> down the drag strip, do you? No. Right. Is We're it... moving on to um, the basically Korea town. I'm going to call it okay. because we've got that is Kia. a part of New York, I believe, or LA, oh, yeah. one or the other. There must be, yeah, anyway, somewhere. Uh, Kia, Hyundai, Genesis. And we're going to pay them all a visit, but we're going to start off with Kia because they've just, we've managed to miss the crowds just about. They've just had their press conference and they've revealed the Kia EV9. So you may have seen pictures of this online already. It is their pretty massive three-row, seven-seater electric SUV. Um, and here we are, we've, we've arrived on the stand, we're just circling it now. Never seen this before. This is one of those rare world debuts here at the show. What do you think, Ray? Go. Well, it's hot got, take, hot take. It's got triangles for wheels. <laughs> like, there's triangle wind circles. That's a very interesting design that I can see that they've just, um, it's kind of like a pentagram. Uh, this isn't a concept car, is it? This is it, Ro. I think that just said it all, didn't it? It's it's a hell of a piece of design. It's a, and you know, Kia are really anti and they they're really smashing this EV stuff out of the park, aren't they? And yeah. this looks quite desirable considering when, you know, the German manufacturers are struggling with big SUVs. Mm. It's bluff fronted, it's clean. What they're doing with lighting design, it's got these very jagged kind of like Harry Potter-esque. Come on, let's go around the back. down the side. See if we can find um, other shapes. It's, it's a good looking thing. I mean, it's a bloody hard job to make a car that big and that boxy look in any way futuristic or you know interesting so they're, they're basically working with funky shapes for the lights funky shapes for the wheels funky shapes for the wheel arches but the overall effect's pretty good let me give you some numbers give me some numbers so the big battery one the long range one is going to have a hundred kilowatt hour battery which is big it's bigger than any battery kia's ever had or hyundai and it means it will have a range of 300 and over 330 miles which is pretty good given the aerodynamics on this are going to be utter pap and you're going to have a lot of people in it to uh, to lug yeah. around too go on let's stick our noses in. Oh, it's being it's being poured over by oh, it's got a very similar interior to what probably you rival manufacturers a, yeah an ev6 gc yeah, and yeah. the hyundai uh ionic 5 including those um under calf rests that come up leg rests which Never really worked that well because no, you, you never sit like you that. You know what that's for? That's for your sleeping, isn't it? I think it's so when you're charging the car and you've got half an hour, 45 minutes to kill, you just kick back and have a kip. A little snoozy. Ooh, yes, please. Oh, uh, no, but it looks funky. Now, the more I walk around it, they're doing lots of interesting stuff with black plastics and then uh, kind of shardy glass in the light work. It looks it, sci-fi in that kind of 1980s uh, Star Trek-y yeah. vibe to it, but not... Not, not retro in any way. And, um, and interesting that um, in the Hyundai-Kia conglomerate, they let Kia go first with this one because Hyundai is going to do their own seven-seater uh, SUV called the Hyundai Ionic 7. You see what they're doing? They're going up in numbers. That's right. Yeah. That's I haven't right. got to that number yet in my uh, <laughs> learnings, but it's fine. But also, uh, the, the new Kia logo, lots of people online complain because it looks like KN. Lots of people Googling KN because... Oh, and Kia missing out on sales because they're ending up at KN filters I think I think the first search like page when you do type in what is KN cars does come up as Kia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not particularly clear. Anyway, on to the sister. Yep. Uh, Hyundai stand now. 
So the car that we should make a beeline for is over there. It's the new Kona Electric. God, this um, is a very thick carpet on this. This is good quality, isn't it? Chelsea boots are getting stuck in, in, in You can tell this is a company that's got a little bit of money, can't yeah. you? Just, just, I, I wonder whether they're specking their motor show stands. They go, right, you know, what kind of seating do you want? What kind of carpet do you want? How many lights do you want above your stand? And Hyundai just goes, top spec. They go, have you seen those lambs walls in the, the lambs wall carpets in uh, Rolls Royce Phantoms? Yes, I have seen. I want that, please, because yeah. that's what it feels like. With my feet. Uh, I kind of want to take my boots off and just walk around barefoot. How much do you need? About an acre. Yeah. An acre of Rolls Royce carpet. So, so new Kona, basically um, it's their compact SUV. There's a pure electric one. It will do about 300 miles on the charge, but this is a design exercise. I mean, I find it very hard to get excited about small SUVs, crossovers, whatever you want to call it. But again, this looks good. What do you think about that front end? Well, they've gone away. There's all that pixelation. Look at the lower front bumper. You've got uh, these kind of dots in it still. But no, no they have, um, they've taken the front off the, the, the Staria. Or Staria. Yes. Yeah, the super kind of slightly samurai-esque, um, full-width, thin light uh, bar that goes across the whole bonnet and then on the, on the tailgate too across it. Yeah. So it's the, a really smart design trope for it. I should just say the Staria, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's, um, it's sold in Korea and Australia, weirdly. I think it's coming to Europe as well, maybe. I it don't... might be coming, it's sort of under consideration. But have a look, If you, um, it's it's the most desirable MPV I've ever seen. That looks futuristic. Yeah, and they that. do a camper version of the Staria. And if you want to see that in action, head to Top Gear's YouTube channel where Ollie Marriage spent a night in it at uh, Jeju Island in Korea. And then went to a sex museum. Yeah. That, no, but honestly, <laughs> that's going to take a lot of time to explain, but that is completely true. Uh, <laughs> but it was all part of the story and above board. Um, but what's his wife the, um, is aware. Did you ever watch Star Trek? Yes, I just referenced it, uh, the uh, last did car. You, did you? Oh, did you? Oh, Star, yeah. You, what was the guy that had those glasses? I'm just, now lost now. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, there, there was a guy who had the glasses that just went across his face in like a strip and then lights went back. And That's the front end of the new Kona. Yeah, but even thinner. He's got like more architectural ones because he doesn't have any glass rims. Well, it's the future. Everything's been miniaturized, isn't it? Yeah. Let's well, keep I moving because so. there's one more Hyundai. So over here, there's a fleet of Hyundai Ionic 6s. Um, significance here is it's just won the World Car of the Year award. Um, and do you know what won last year? Um, was it the Sangyong Muso? No. no. I think that was a close second. Uh. Um, it was the Ionic 5. Oh. So Hyundai are just absolutely killing it. On a roll, left, right on punch. But look at, well, there is one, two, three, four, five, six I've seen on the sand, seven, because they're driving around, again, doing their dangerous test drives um, What in the show. So Ionic 6, it's not a shower, but is it a grower? It's interesting, and we just recently did that M25 challenge where we had one there, again, in the feed, if you want to listen to yeah, driving around the 20, M25. 24 hours driving around M25 in electric cars. And it is, it is funky when you see a lot of them, uh, when you see it on the road, but also the, when they're together, they, they kind of look like a little family of tadpoles or something <laughs> like that, uh, futuristic <laughs> tadpoles. But it will grow on you, and they're all color sensitive. There's one in like a very dark green, uh, here, which is kind of like an oak green metallic, if it was mm. in Porsche's paint color, um, color, which looks great, just needs a tan interior. Yeah. Um, and then Instagram go wild for I it. I think it's really simple with the Ionic 6. Drive it, enjoy it, lovely thing to drive. Looks good from the front, 
love the philosophy behind it. Just never look at the back. So yeah. um, if you've got a garage, back it into the garage. Yeah. Make sure you come in the front. Same in uh, supermarket car parks, always back it in. Perfect. And if, you're, if you need to get something out of the boot, just ask someone else to get it for you. And then continuing down the Hyundai um, family tree, uh, we have Genesis. Yeah. Big uh, in the US. Big in the US. I've seen them all over the place in New York. Um, Genesis is, I've got to say this quietly because there's Genesis people around. It's posh Hyundai. Yeah, they're all looking at us too. They're looking, they're nice. It's not posh Hyundai. It's but we're seeing more brand. and more models, and what they're showing off here is the GV80 Coupe. I think. So, yes, you're right. GV80. Well, GV80 is their big one. It, it's quite difficult to get around their, their model. Oh, line. actually, you're right. It's written in uh, foot high letters on that massive screen behind it. The GV80 Coupe concept. They've said they're going to put this into production, uh, I think, next year, 24, 2024. Uh, it's a kind of coupe. Now, Coupe roof-lined SUVs. All the rage, and I've never really got them. Don't know why. No, no. I, 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 as, a, as a point, I don't like them. But this, they, they kind of nailed it, haven't they? This is actually a very, 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 very good-looking car. It? And it's it doesn't look too concepty at, at all. Um, it's by the pen of Luke Donkvold, once again, heat of Bentley fame. And um, if you've ever seen a Bentley GV80, they do get mistaken for Bentaygas occasionally. Yeah. This Not, one- You just called it a Bentley GV80. You meant a Genesis GV80. I did. You see, you're yeah. already blurring the lines. Uh, exactly. But this um, has slightly more muscular um, stance to it. Looks wider. Looks like it needs a big, big engine uh, under the bonnet. We don't know what is going to come. Currently in the GV80, you, you get a I think um, small I think, diesel or small petrol. I think V6. I think that's your, your best bet as a V6. But we want, you want a, you want a V8. So no, it looks, like, it looks like a Bentley Bentayga that's sort of been on a keto diet hitting the gym just sort of just sort of shredded a it does bit. look shredded yeah and yeah. at the rear because um if we go round to the rear too right, um you right. follow it's got illuminated uh, parallel two-line design classic uh, genesis uh hallmarks there and then a big carbon fiber wing on the back um, with this kind of ducktail spoiler which uh they did another concept called the inesis x i've probably got that wrong um Look up Genesis Concepts recently. Um, they're doing a lot of them. They seem to be knocking them out basically weekly, just doing uh, yeah. concept after the concept, but they've just yeah. won an award of sorts, so congratulations to them, um, as well as the World Car of the Year. Not the World Car of the Year, I'm lost now. That was the other lot. That was the no. Ionic 6. No, you're right. Oh, yes. But, I mean, Hyundai, Genesis. G90, we've just walked past that. That's the other, that's the kind of um, more luxury 7 Series rival for Genesis. Now, Rowan, I'm worried about you. You're obsessed with that G90. I You're also obsessed it. with the BMW i7. Yeah. You used to like Caterhams, yeah. track cars, sporty things, firmer suspension, the better. You're getting old, man. I'm getting old. Getting old. What but is it about big, comfy cars now? Because we can't go fast anywhere. So you may <laughs> as well be comfortable while you're doing it. But um, talking of um, small, lightweight cars, here is a BMW XM. Yes. How much does it weigh? Three tons? A lot. A lot. Yeah. And also, this is a... This is a car that's caused quite a quite a scathing review on topgear.com um, as we recently drove it in Arizona. Yeah. And um, I think, I think Ollie Q called it the ugliest and the worst uh, car the BMW M have ever made. Yeah, but, but he elaborates on that. Yeah, and uh, that's our, our, our road tester, Ollie Q, senior road tester, I believe. Mm. Um, and he said it's the worst parts of um, uh, BMW M. So only the together. second standalone BMW M model since the M1. So you can imagine the, the, the kind of pressure that sits 
on this car's shoulders and it is a massive hybrid SUV that is uh, neither very nice to look at nor very good to drive. Well, people uh, you know, have commented on the looks of it and um, as you can see, BMW are very, very proud of it and want to show it off. So they've painted this one, it, everything in black. So yeah. you can barely see black it. Black on black on black on black. You can, yeah, I, I mean, thank God the BMW badge is in blue and white because we wouldn't be able to tell what car it is. But it has got gold badging on it for all the yeah, XM yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're so ashamed of it. They haven't even turned on the illuminated grill that they can. Yeah. Probably because it'll light up the whole of um, yeah. Jake Jarvis's, what's his name? Jacob's Creek? <laughs> Jacob's Creek. Jacob's Creek Cracker Center. Yeah. yeah. His center, they can't do that. Meanwhile, they've got the... Um, uh, well, here, here's an interesting design exercise in BMW's new design philosophy, right? The grill at the front, it's a shocker. Um, the Over here, we got the BMW iX. In um, white. In white, also the black known grill. As, also known as a good looker. Not. <laughs> Not. Yeah, yeah. Challenging. Um, oh. And then you have the, 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 the hybrid V8 monster, which yeah. the engine we're probably going to go see in the uh, M5 in future course, uh, hidden in black. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting one. So if you're getting a new BMW, if you have to get one, just get it black on black and it will hide some sins. Not BMW, God, it's a tough time currently with the new M2 as well. It's, you know, a bigger, heavier car. Yeah, um, not a bad car. It just, it just seems like um, you, you might as well get, get the last gen. The last gen is just a bit smaller, a bit lighter, a bit punchier, a bit more engaging. This one's apparently their customers wanted the M2 to be a bit more grown up. Who did they ask? Who did they interview? People who were growing up. People uh, like me who used to like lightweights probably. And no, then but went if you want a grown up car, just, you know, go and get a big comfy. Like a five series. Yeah, go and get a big comfy five series. If you want an M2, you want it to be small and, you know. Just two seconds, we don't need to speak long on this, but we're just going past the Lexus stand. Look at that LC500 convertible. Mm. Isn't that a fantastic piece of design? It is, it is. How many have they sold? Three, uh, four? Yeah. I am counting on one hand, but yeah, it's on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never see them around, but no. it's so sharp, so Japanese in its design, which is fantastic. Sleek, it looks fast, and again, you get that very rare car nowadays because it has a naturally aspirated V8 under the hood. Oh, yeah. Hood, look at me. I'm feeling American. Come on. Right, well, let's see how many more Americanisms we can get in because this, we've strolled over to the Ram stand. We don't get Rams in the UK, do we? No, you know, the, the bovine beasts, they do exist too. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 we get those. But we don't Loads get the, those. the pickup trucks, which um, is Dodge's pickup range. Yeah, so yet another electric pickup has been revealed. This one's called the Ram 1500 REV. So, I mean, there's loads of them, isn't there? The Hummer, uh, Hummer EV pickup. Chevy Silverado's coming. Yeah, the Ford F-150 Lightning. Obviously, and then they've got the Rivian, the which Rivian. is like what everyone was chasing after, yeah. I think. So it's another one of these. So we were scrambling around to find what is this car's USP? What, what does it offer that other electric trucks don't? And I found it. It has the biggest battery of any electric car anywhere. What, Two, even bigger than the Hummer? Yeah, bigger than the Hummer. The Hummer EV, which we recently yeah. drove. Which... So that was 205 kilowatt hours, the same as six Honda E's. Yes. This adds another Honda E on top of that. <laughs> so it's about 230 kilowatt hours. And how far that get me, considering this probably weighs the the same as the moon? Well, claimed range, 500 miles. Whoa. Hello. That's all right. You like that, don't big you? Big-ass battery. That's, really, yeah, that's it's what a big, It's going to weigh more than the moon, but 500 miles on a single charge. It's really interesting because when I drove the F-150 Lightning around America, we went to a 
a small town, shall I say, in uh, the middle of nowhere in Texas. And they were just like, uh, what's the range on this thing? I said, yeah, about, about, about 300 miles. They went, not enough, not enough. You know, come back to me when it can do 500. I think they've been listening so to that. So they got a man with a big digger who's like, <laughs> we need to get more out of the ground yeah. to put into batteries. Yeah, but they were, they, you know, 80% of the people that I spoke to were not interested in an electric car unless it could go as far as their gas truck. But it's interesting, you know, you said, oh, it's another one, it's another electric pickup. You know, the, the, the pickups is the big market here in America. Yeah. You have to have an electronic, electronic, electric version of it, an EV. So we're going oh, to see more of them. Oh, is that an electronic car? Well, that was the question <laughs> that you were getting. However, I have to say, I'm slightly underwhelmed by the design of this, considering... Um, 500 miles, mate. Doesn't need design. No. 500 miles, and then they've slapped a massive badge that says Rev on the top of it, yeah. uh, which is going to ruin the aero profile. But yes, um, I assure... Rev, I isn't that range extender? Rev, is that out? No, REX. Sorry, ignore me. No, no. Yeah, um, Rev's when, when the engines go brum, 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 but they can't do anymore with those EVs. So it's, it's an REV. And All right, so let, let's, let's bring this into the finish line pretty soon. Just one more thing that I want to have a look at. And this is the Jeep stand. Um, have they got any cool concepts here? It's, Easter, it's near Easter time, so they normally yeah. have the Easter Jeep Safari where they uh, make a load of, of mad concept cars and then take them to uh, Moab in Utah and then drive them yeah. up rocks and fall off cliffs and stuff like that. Uh, but we've got Wranglers. There's a Rubicon that looks like it's had a dirty protest <laughs> of some sort, and it's lost all its windows and doors and roof. There's also, a, there's also one over there that says Willys on the bonnet. No, that's now, the Willys. Of original. course, I know what it means, but it still says Willys on it. It does say Willys on the side of the car, which uh, would be very funny to all us UK types. I mean, of course, if you say this to a, a US auto enthusiast, stony face, they'll stare back at you. Don't mess with our heritage, boy. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. They, they, no, they won't see our hilarity. However, there's nothing of great note on this stand. No. Um, so I think, I think this is a natural moment to just bring this to a close. I hope that was fun. I enjoyed it. Actually, more here than I thought was going to be here. Uh, yeah, it's probably quite rambly for you as a listener. So I hope it's been okay, dear listener. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got that poll function on Spotify, remember? Yes. So go and get involved. You can tell us what to um, what you think about this episode or why don't we why don't we make it more specific tell us which car that we've rambled on about um you're most looking forward to or you're most like to drive or just get involved we want to hear from you we're starting to get some interaction from you dear listener on this uh on the new spotify function so um, get involved if you're not on spotify leave us a comment uh in apple podcasts or wherever you listen uh, give us a rating just 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 get in touch yeah so Get involved. Sorry, I'm just a bit distracted there because I've just seen on Toyota stand that they've got a, um, a NASCAR pickup truck. So I'm going to have to love you and leave you, Jack, and um, just go and get underneath that and have a look around because right. we don't get that where we're from and you it's cool. You can have a perv of that and I'll say bye to the listeners. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jack says, subscribe.